1: the wake up with michelle michelle be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help personal growth metaphysics and spirituality the soul path of awakening understand what living awake is hello everyone and welcome um if you're new to the channel new to the program new to the station you found us you found us and um I and everyone else are so glad that you did. And if you are part of the FAM, Soul Tribe, tried and true, been hanging around with us, subscribed, and some of you you know who you are, hanging out in the chat, the Sacred Space and Empowerment, also the place of my co-hosts, cohorts, co-pilots. And sound engineers—they really help ground the energy. So, welcome everyone in the chat. Welcome those that are new, and welcome those that um, listen to this podcast on a regular basis. It's always great to connect with all of you. And what a what a um, lot of stuff going on, right?
3: <sighs> it's
1: challenging as a regular person and as a metaphysician right now. There's a lot of challenges that are taking place in the world. Um, so we're going to dive into that. I've had some questions. We always do email questions on this program or anything, email questions, topic suggestions, all things awakenings. Um, you can email me always at awakeningspodcast at And then, of course, we always have our listener call in, and that number, if you don't know it's 347-539-5122. 347-539-5122. And press 1 on your keypad to get on air. All right, lovelies, I see some people already. Hello, Tammy. Hello, everyone in the chat. It's good to see you but Paul is going well with you. Uh, I do see callers in the queue. I will be getting to you. If you have a question or a comment, press one on your keypad. Um, otherwise, then I will just think that you are listening by phone because a lot of people listen by phone. Uh, want to let everyone know I am doing a, it'll be up uh, this week, a teleworkshop for the Equinox and really to help ground these energies, these shifts. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about what's going on. I know there's a lot of panic and fear um, n- internationally, nationally, worldwide, with all the tense – oh, <laughs> yep, Christopher's written in the chat is putting in there, more intense vibes. Now, here's the thing, my wonderful peeps. I, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the podcast, and this was really the original um, – reason that I started Awakenings, um, guided by my guides, nudged and pushed by my guides, and then a a dear friend of mine told me about a channel that was looking for, it was a metaphysical uh, music channel, kind of a soundscapes kind of thing, internet, cosmic dimensions, and they were looking for talk shows, talk show hosts, and um, so that's where we started, and the reason it was awakenings is because there were many awakenings, many ways of awakening, many types of awakenings, awakenings in all sectors of life, awakenings in the political field, the environmental, the you know, uh, institutional, uh, university, schools, spiritual awakening, soul awakening. If this process would be speeding up, and so I talked about starting before the podcast, I and mean, we in my teleworkshops and workshops, I used to do a lot of in-person workshops and retreats, I talked about the converging flow, which started in 2005, where everything would start speeding up and happening all at once. As one of my metaphysical teachers would say, Rachel Jean, she would say, the good, the bad, and the ugly all unfolding, more awareness, more love, more interconnectedness, more fear, because the old uh, would be being dismantled. And which started, and that is the time if you look back when we started having the the frequency of natural disasters, fires, earthquakes, the, the tsunami was happening more frequently. Instead of ten years or fifty years or a hundred years or five hundred years, it was every couple of years to every year. That was the turning point. So, and <clears> some <throat> this is not punishment, Armageddon, Mother Earth isn't mad at us. That would imply separation. Uh, balls bread in the chat. The good, the bad, and the ugly, yes. Um, we are Mother Earth. We are Gaia. That is an aspect of us. It is an aspect of us, and we are an aspect of it. It's the macro and microcosmic of the all that is, of the interconnectedness. So why are these extremes happening? I would say listen to 3d world ego focused things of doctors that has to do with the physical form the human form and of course I'm talking about what is it covid 19 the coronavirus but and how it's affecting economy a lot of people are being affected in various ways some people are saying this is just but, you know, I'm now at the end of my rope. This is too much. The finances, the job, the career, I'm awakening, I'm more spiritual, I'm helping more people, and all this is happening. Why? Now, I do, and I hope somebody's supposed to be helping me title the shows and go back and listen to the topics so I can let people know more of what the topics are um, about, you know, in the show, because we focus more on the guests, but then I do tune in by what I receive in the morning and also um, by email questions. Crystal uh, post right in the chat is saying, is this the zero point? Yes. Now, here's the thing, and this happened, I believe, in the 90s, um, where the awareness Of the earth becoming more less magnetic and there was a lot of worry now everything in earth or everything in the universe has a balancing point right even within us as a as as beings and as a species the body always wants to go into homeostasis and you can you can um even you know look at that in regular medicine or you know the body likes to balance itself out in other words you know if one hip is higher than the other, there'll be a compensation, right? So, what is happening is there is a lot of fluctuation, which is at zero point energy. Um, however, what it is making is the earth less magnetic, so that as we, as the counterpart, are to be less electrical. And more magnetic. And I even look at this as astrology from an astrological point of view with Uranus and Taurus. Taurus is the sign of Earth, terraforma. It is, it is the sign of the Earth plane. It's not just an Earth sign. And you have Uranus there, you know, that co- co-rules um, Aquarius with Saturn. And let's just look at this basic, basic. Let's just keep it basic so you guys can kind of get an idea of and get a handle of what's going on. You've got the Aquarian age, this great new paradigm shift that's bringing this new emerging consciousness, which is the age of Aquarius, right? And it's co-ruled by Uranus, the lightning bolt, the great enlightener, the disruptor. Uranus is about what's unique and different and transcendent. Um, And then you've got Saturn. that's about structure and form and, and status quo and maintaining and stabilizing and karma and learning lessons. And then you have Uranus that says, let's bust free. Where is there constriction? I will bust free. So just let's look at it from a common sense point of view. You, you, you can't have one and not the other and have a li- life maintained. We have to bust free. We have to innovate. We have to um, invent, invent and innovate in life. We have to evolve. We have to upgrade. We upgrade our computers. We update things. We update our beliefs and our ideas. But then we have to maintain and stabilize them. They have to work for a while. We have to nurture them. We learn from them. We may have limitations or restrictions while we're learning. So what is happening is no less than a complete, the paradigm shift. We've been talking about this, and like another one of my metaphysical teachers, rightly used to say, Michelle, it lives differently than what we think. And what does this mean? It means we all think how things are going to unfold and we're happy for the awakening. We're happy for the big changes. We're happy for awareness and enlightenment and and oneness. And we're happy for people waking up and realizing it's not about how many things you have or the, or the, the money, you know, all that's fine and great, but it's like People above things. This is about a relationship or relationships in life. But to redirect the energy, we are in a cosmic redirection because the human aspect and all the structures that support the human aspects of life don't like to change, wants to keep the status quo. That's ego. That's what that's its job. So we are. Make no mistake, co-creating, creating creating a whole new way of being. And many people, starseeds, workers, those that you felt, heard a little different song, different drum, more awake, more aware, consciously on a path, psychic, empath, you know, doing your readings, helping others, doing your art and connecting with people, seeing something differently, you're seeded with the new information. And so you may be hit the hardest in the beginning, to get through it, to lead by example and or sometimes to actually, you know, help people. That may be part of your soul's path is to help people, whether one-on-one, big or small, within a family, you're bringing consciousness in. Because we don't change as a collective unless we change individually, that galvanizes and there's some kind of critical mass or tipping point in consciousness. In consciousness. So we are in the converging flow where everything is happening all at once, and that is pushing into more soul alignment so people are focusing more on family, friends, nature. Uh, you know, it really puts people's priorities. That's just how the – right now, this is the way the human or humanity learns and works, the bulk, the majority. Not everyone, and it always won't be that way, but for the now. So this redirection of energy, and I want to say the coronavirus, as I was looking at it, comes under the miasm of tuberculosis. We have collectively, energetically, in the etheric plane, certain conditions which can manifest as dis-ease, illnesses, that are they're not just generational, they, they are um, representing a holistic or body-mind or a, a, a um, component within the subtle energy, not only of our bodies, but the earth itself. And so if you look at lung stuff, yes, deals with grief, but guess what? The lungs, the life force energy has to do with spirit, spirituality. Taking in spirit, the spiritual nature. When we have lung issues, we're not able to take in our very own essence of us, the spirit, the inspirar, to inspire. What does this mean? When we're living more and more soul-led, soul-connected and soul-led, inspirar, we're inspired. Where do we get the inspiration? From the God self, nature, all that is something greater than the ego. So the game is changing. So this miasm is in place. And it's being activated right now. Now, what does this mean? What? How can you counterbalance this? Connect more to spirit, spirituality, do breath work, toning, singing. You know, my uh, website... Playground.life. You can go to the mindfulness and meditation section. There's meditations there. Focus meditation will help you extend and expand your energy field, connect to your higher self. There's the three count breath and the yogic breath. Try to see beyond the surface of what's happening to what is the metaphysical meaning? What is the metaphysical meaning of what is happening? And then you align to the energy to heal through it. So the heart is there. Look at it metaphorically. Tammy put in the chat grief. But why do we have grief? Because of loss. Now, my contention is everybody's immune system is out of whack right now because of what we've been dealing with, not just in the United States with a very dysfunctional chief person at the top, um, but the system itself and the people that are, are, are wounded that are running the show that are in their wounded inner child. But this template is happening across the globe. And so there is, there's a stress, there's a stress that it's hard. Priscilla bowles is saying it's been hard to meditate lately. The more I tried to do that moment, trauma, drama kicks in. Okay, so, yeah, and perfect. Athena in the chat is saying surrender. Yes, yeah, surrender to it. I had it the other day. I ended up having to meditate. I mean, we. You know, I have a weird schedule with Yoshi, my lovely fur baby doggy that's um, caretaking for in her elderly years. Um, my fur baby, geriatric baby. Um, in the the power of grace, it doesn't take much. And that's why I suggest my meditations. Either the, I would say the CD, the book is great too, Meditation for Everyday Living. But you go to either go to Soul Playground out live and start there, or you know wherever you get the downloads. I don't know iTunes, whatever else, other music platforms. The forgiveness meditation. These are quick meditations. They're alignment. They're attunements. They're attunement processes. And use them. You don't have to sit for. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you just need to tap in and remember, if fear comes up, you're feeling fearful, you're feeling overwhelmed, take a beat, take a moment, feel it out. Meditation isn't checking out, it's going into the oneness. Meditation is dhyana or vipassana, those, those two words in Sanskrit mean Sanskrit means focused awareness. So that means awareness of what is, what is going on in the present. Plus breath control, pranayama equals samadhi, oneness. So when we can feel the oneness, in, in some principles or systems, we call it grace, shakti. You receive that that lift. Connect to the chitti. you know the 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 um, energy of of the all that is, the subtle energy. Some could say it's the illusion of what's happening. Um, others, dramas, crystal balls, trying to pull me in. Yes, well, you just have to deal with that, but then you have to take the time for yourself, five to ten minutes to tune in, to meditate, you know? So let me, I want to share something with you because this is where we're at and where we're going. I have... Wonderful friends, but also they're they've been clients for many many years. And I get an email. We're supposed to have a session yesterday at seven, and they said their daughter has been asking for me, and has been feeling their their daughter is. Let me see. How old is she? I think she is. I think Liv is. Okay, so she was born in 2011. Okay, so there we go. So she is a starseed. I am a starseed. I helped bring them in. The the couple was having trouble having pregnancy. I did a ritual for them. I gave them a ritual, two-week ritual. And on the last day of the ritual, um, which is a beautiful ritual, you put something in the ocean, and what came back was flowers. In the ocean, okay? This is This is what we're supposed to connect with. Now, what's the probability that you throw something in the ocean, what they had to do for the ritual after two weeks, and what comes back is flowers? And I said, oh, it's going to be a girl. Of course it was. That's why all of this is happening to us, so we realign to the spirit or spiritual, that aspect of our being that makes life worth living, the magic, the mystery, the unfolding what people sometimes call falling in love. Our life got very dry here. How many Birkin bags do we need, people? Gucci. I love it all. It's beautiful. I love the design. How many times do we need to redecorate? How many new this or that? Or I got to have these shoes. Somebody told me months ago, some tennis shoes. I don't care. I I didn't even like them anymore. Oh, everybody's wearing them. Well, is that why we want to buy something? Because everybody's wearing it, everybody's doing it, everybody has it. What do you want? What does your soul want? Anyway, Liv, it's beautiful, says, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Michelle. That's what she said. I said, sure, of course, and I want to do a meditation with her. I've been thinking of this a long time. I was so excited and so honored this being and her parents, the whole family, the grandma, everybody has just held such an amazing space because they did their inner work. And now this conscious being that many of us came in very conscious, very awake, very aware. It's not just for uh, the 10, 11, 20 or 30 year olds. Many of you know it. You came in awake, aware, you know, you're a star seed, a light worker, you were the mediator in the family. You were the healer. Very, you were the, you are the empath. But, the soil was a little dry, it was a little bumpy, <laughs> right, Have <laughs> you coming up. No conscious parenting. There's, there. It's beautiful. Anyway, we're chit-chat. She proceeds to tell me, okay, Michelle, now I would like to talk. Would you like to hear what's worrying me? And I would also like to do a meditation. We do some mindfulness in school. So we talked, and I shared what the what a mindfulness meditation is and she talked about the fears every month think about it most of us growing up you know 20 years ago and beyond didn't have the school shooting we didn't have all this hypervigilance and not feeling safe so we connected to the happy secure place she was seeing that as her parents grandparents but but I brought it to her you know because she was afraid they were going to die um, and that she was going to get the coronavirus and die because some teacher showed some video that should, as a teacher, I would have never shown. This is where humor, puppets, and you do the healthy diversion with kids, not just with kids, but with us. You look at the news, the politics, you talk about it, you're fearful, you covet, you do whatever. And then the complimentary, what some people call the opposite, has to come in. You have to consciously bring yourself to the truth that all is unfolding in a divine timing, doesn't minimize what's happening, doesn't make human life less sacred. But what it says is there is a magic and mystery. There is spirit. I believe in spirit. I believe in spirituality. I believe in the subtle energy. Those of you that have done my teleworkshops, you felt this subtle energy, the interconnectedness of everything and everyone re-listen to those re-watch videos get that other option in anyway it was so beautiful Um, we did a meditation she talked she felt very peaceful and relaxed and I said anytime you're hearing anything about this coronavirus or things that are frightening people dying guns in the classroom got people getting whatever is happening I said just Connect in with your breath, which we did, and she said, and I said, connect into that happy space inside that happy, secure feeling. And so we can do that now, then I'm going to get to callers. I want all of you just to see how easy it is, because meditation is just connecting you to the truth of who you are, without all the overlays. So what you're going to do right now... And if you're driving and looking ahead, you do it with your eyes open. You just look around the room, look at outside, look wherever you're at, and then bring your inner gaze, your inner focus into the heart lung area. Focus on your in breath and out breath and center inside. Maybe if some of you are sitting down or laying down, then you can focus on what's in your mind and you notice there's thoughts in the mind. Simply notice the thoughts and consciously bring your attention and focus back to your breath. Just notice your in breath and out breath. Notice any feelings in the body. Notice how your body is feeling. That's what your body does. It feels. And consciously bring your attention and focus back to your breath. Back to your in breath and out breath and center inside. Now you're going to notice there's a space in between your in breath and out breath. There's a sacred space in there, right there in the heart lung area that connects you into the heart to align you to your soul. So no matter what's going on around you, just notice it. And consciously bring your attention and focus back to your breath, to your in-breath, and out-breath, and center inside. So you can see and feel at the same time that space in between the in-breath and out-breath and focus there. This aligns you to your own internal rhythm, your own internal timing inside. This brings you into that oneness. The breath is the key to oneness. It's the rhythm. It's the pace, the pattern. It's drawing in that spiritual life force animating energy, the prana, the spiritus. It's drawing in the spiritual essence of the all that is, of, the, of God, of the universe, it immediately and automatically connects you consciously to the source energies. You're connected anyway, but there's a great forgetting. But when you connect into the breath, you now begin to consciously see it and feel it. You feel that connection inside. And that's all you need to do. All right. Let's get to callers because we have an awakening guest coming on. James Purpura will be coming on at the second half of the program. Um, I hope this given some insight to all of you. Uh, something just to bring into your awareness as we navigate this highly evolution, yes, illumination time, evolutionary time, but also, yes, challenges, difficulties, it's scary, it's uncertain. But focus on the thread. Focus on the consciousness that created, manifested the forms in our life, the situations. It's like, don't just focus on the iPhone or the Samsung or whatever, Android. But what created that? Where did that idea come from? That's where our focus needs to be now. Hello and welcome
2: to Awakening. You're on air. Hi, Michelle. It's Mitchie. How are you?
3: Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you?
2: I'm good. I just wanted to call in and say hi. Um, You know, to give you like a high five for everything that you do.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. Appreciation and gratitude is very high
1: vibration. And I feel that for you and everyone else that we're connected to oh. through awakenings here and my YouTube channel, Soul Insights with Michelle Bouche, Facebook, Insta. I just feel like I just see you guys beaming your light. You guys are just doing it, you know?
2: Doing it doing, <laughs> it, doing it,
1: doing it. Love it.
2: Yeah, you're doing it, doing it. I mean, your readings are amazing. I like I I'm amazing is such a overused word. I, I just need to expand my vocabulary to find a better one, but for lack of a better one, your readings are amazing. <laughs> and uh oh, i just love everything that you do i just wanted to say hello I'd pop in and you know let you know that you're very much appreciated loved and i'm so grateful for you it's going to be 2 years in april that i stumbled on your on your podcast oh, so oh, <laughs> love it yes yeah. yeah.
1: wow i mean yeah. that, this is it and you know everybody just does what they need to do in their own way which i love it's really that's this whole thing right now with the body, getting the body in in, in shape, the mental, emotional yeah. bodies, to handle these higher frequency energies. You know, it's
2: not yeah. easy, but it's doable. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm in the heart. Where's, I'm in the heart of this corona right now. Actually, I'm. I'm like front are line. You where, where, oh, where yeah. are you at? It's, no, meaning not the, the location of- because i'm I'm a flight attendant, okay. so oh we're my like, God. Well, that's
1: makes, oh, you're right in it, yeah,
2: I'm right in it. I'm first okay. point of contact, I mean before the doctors, when you think about it, I'm like kind of first point of contact if of anyone who might have it, and i'm not I'm not paranoid about it, I'm really not like you know uh worried about it's not keeping me awake like that, I'm just being more careful, obviously um, and it's just you know like you gave an explanation of it. I have, another, I have another opinion about it, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, go ahead. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm always curious to know what you think, but, like, I have, I mean, it may sound conspiracy theory, but it also resonates a little bit because I've had too many, I've come across too many real-life situations of different stories of similar things happening. And, you know, this is just my, again, my opinion. Government,
1: vaccines and government
2: vaccines and government I do believe yes, in vaccines yes. it's not like I'm against vaccines or anything like that but I feel like sometimes they do things to do certain things to oh yes yes you know
1: yes yes but yes but that is human I'm very aware that I channel and in fact I, I may make the recording public um those of you that know mm-hmm. like Josie Kelly or Jenny Kelly Lori. Br- certain people I, I give this information to because I don't like to put stuff out there that it's too fearful yeah. unless people have support systems. But I saw right. this. I saw the vaccine, children having to be vaccine, vaccinated. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money to be made with that. And people yeah. not being able to travel, being yeah. quarantined. Also saw tanks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've channeled over the years. This i channeled about, the first channeling of it was around 2008, I believe. And then the second mm-hmm. where I saw the people being stopped and shut down and, you know, being asked, you know, is this mm. for work or family or you can't travel here was about five, uh, four years ago, four years ago. Um, mm. As well as people, the licensing change and people being, um, like if you move, you have to, mm-hmm. you know, say what your new location. Well, you, we don't have to do that yet in California or in yeah. the United States, but apparently in Germany you do. Now, yeah. I, don't, I, I know all that. I get the 411 of what's happening mm-hmm. and why, but you still have to look at beyond that because that is all man-made trying to control. Mm-hmm. And the universe, just like it did with Trump, will use those people or Madonna or Picasso. There will mm-hmm. always be archetypal situations and archetypal people that represents mm-hmm. what needs to shift, what's the wounding in consciousness in humanity and what needs to shift. Because right okay. now, it won't always be like this, but right now, because the human, the way that we've been formatted as humans and, you know, with the instinctual, you know, brain, the medulla oblongata that connects us to the, you know, the instinctual brain, the brainstem, right? Yeah. We don't change unless... Things get pretty bad. Now that's changing. That's a different game, and many people aren't having to do that. But that's the old game of separation, because you know you keep things going at all costs, and was more based fear-based and more based on uh, separation. Now, when we move into unity consciousness or awareness of the soul, that we're not separate but separated out. Once people, once enough people get the the thing that hey, guess what. Even if you're in your ivory tower and you you look at the peasants, eventually you will be there too because we're all interconnected. That game is changing. Mm. So mm-hmm. we have the old and the new order, the old way of being, the old way of doing things, the old game, the old rules. We had a guest on, and I can't remember his last name, mm. amazing artist, Mick something. I don't know. You, you guys could uh, you know look in the archives. But he talked about this, and he said – Mm-hmm. What starts to happen is you you do it's like the fairground he says you're in the fairground and you do what you can there you go on the rides but eventually you leave the fairground and you go to a new one and that's mm-hmm. what's starting to happen we just say mm-hmm. oh I'm not playing that anymore I'm not over consuming I don't need to have the iPhone every time it comes out I don't need to get right. in the hamster wheel to say that it. so it's happening. Yes, all the other things are right, the money, the government, the vaccines. Don't really, you know. If you look at the vaccines, there's 77 now that children have to take and in my time in 20, oh you know, 30 years ago there were yeah. six or seven. We yeah, don't yeah. need that. You know, yeah. you don't need my dog doesn't gets a tighter ring. The vaccine stays within the system a long time. We don't need to do this. But big money, big pharma it's, yeah. it's the it's been the game. It consume yeah. the, the the lower the ninety nine percent or ninety percent consume consume and buy, whether junk food or over like like the ninety nine cents you know pile yeah. up pile up. Let me tune out. And you know I can't tell you how many people that I met years ago when um kind of in the nineties I was doing a little more I did some work with the government a little more high profile stuff and. I, I was amazed, like, certain people, like, would say, okay, they they would be eating, like, health food, very healthy food, organic, um, very picky, mm-hmm. but then yet have a restaurant that serves not high-quality food. Oh, or, okay. Or yeah. Have, yeah. yeah, or have laws or have, you know, that it, it, this didn't have to be done, this didn't have right. to be approved, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So. It is the human conundrum in a way. It's the human wounding.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's
1: easier to do that when we think we're separate or it doesn't matter, that it's not affecting our me and my family and mm-hmm. the people that I know. Mm-hmm. So that's changing, you know. Um, that's why I suggest, yes, believe in the, all that is happening, all that's true, what's going on in the government, okay. what's going on with Monsanto, Big Pharma, Chemtrails. Yeah. Yes, all that is happening, but what is going to change it?
2: Yeah, and and you know what? That's that's like that's your voice in there. Like you are, you said it's beyond. What's beyond that, right? It's us connecting, yeah. and 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 it's yes. not just you that I've I've come across in the last ten years. For me, so many people. Who talk, Who say the same thing? Who are connected as yeah. well and awakened, and who say the same thing? So it just—it's just about the one-on-ones, like you were saying, right? The one-on-ones with other people, and then we'll spread that around. And and what, yeah. like you said in the other show, you said last week, I didn't finish listening, but I was listening in the archives that it's right around twenty twenty-four. There's going to be that big wake-up. Okay, we're all connected, so we're in the process of that. Yeah. And realizing well, that you. And then yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: you're right. But people see that in these disasters right now. Yes. Nothing makes you come closer together, whatever. (laughs) You know, one is in their Louis Louis Vuitton and a a fur and a Birkin bag next to the homeless man that, you know, has extra water and you don't have any. Well, okay. Thank you. Let's chat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. being kind of funny to lighten it up here, but but it, unfortunately, that I wish that wasn't the system. I wish that wasn't the way. You know, many of my friends and colleagues will look and will go, "Wow, it's just they're not seeing this." And unfortunately, we are mm-hmm. tied to the tail. There's we're the, we're the the do, the tail of the dog and the cat is tied to the whole body. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: even if people are not getting it or or not, you know, or less conscious or taking slower time. You know, I, it's like driving in a car. I yep. can be in the back seat and tell the person driving, please don't speed, don't take that corner really fast. But I'm in the mm-hmm. passenger seat or the back seat. All I can do at that point is align to a higher power. I line, do everything else human. You can't, it's not about one or the other. But every now and then mm-hmm. you got to peek behind the curtain. You got to peek at the, okay, whoops, things getting a little scary, a little panicky. Uh, let me take a little look now. Behind the game, let's let's, let's look at yeah. consciousness now. Oh, okay, let's tap into spirit. Let me let me get out of my mind and go into the breath, and feel the oneness. Or let me read a book, or watch you know a video or show, or you know let me call into a show like this. You know oh let me get, oh yeah 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 let me get another perspective. And that's all yeah, we're really yeah. being asked to do. That's all we can do because the more of us that does that, and there's so many, that she and everyone else studies about this,
3: mm-hmm.
1: of connecting this way and mm-hmm. and looking at that, what's behind it all, the consciousness, connecting in spiritually. Sometimes that's all you yeah. can do. Yeah. But we all know yeah. stories, and we've read them or seen them on TV or Netflix, whatever. We know stories of people that have done amazing things, lifting a car off of a child. You know, how did somebody... Yeah. You know, go the forty miles with the, I don't know, with the wound or to find, you know, found the missing yes. child, whatever it is. So yeah, you bring up a good point. Yes. But we got to just take a peek on the other side.
2: Take a peek on the other side, absolutely. And it's a, uh, and like you say, take a breath. Thank you for that little quick meditation that you just did. That was,
3: that oh, was really
2: good. kind and helpful. Thank you. I oh, love you, Michelle. Yeah, I think you're, you're so wonderful. Welcome. Oh,
1: okay, so thank I you just lots wanted of to love say to hello.
3: You. Okay, glad you did. Let's get
1: to our next caller. Okay, take care. Okay, you too. Woo! Look at that high vibration, tingly, feels good. Hello, and welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Welcome to the program.
0: Yeah. Hi, Michelle. Just um, you know, it's spring. You want to know if anything good is in bloom? You know, with ah, you know, meeting, you know, a guy, prosperity, just anything good.
1: Okay, let's. And what's your first name? Stacy. Stacy. Okay. And I so hear you. There's just so much. It's uh, all of you, by the way. If you want to know kind of what's going on, the 411, and how to handle it, my last two blog posts about the new moon. Mercury retrograde conjuncting Neptune uh, in Pisces. Uh, the, that and this and this last one, especially this, is very metaphysical. This full moon in um,
0: and you know in what Virgo. else is coming this summer? The, um, Venus Ooh. retrograde in Mars. So that's another double whammy. That's right, That's right. But guess what? The retrograde.
1: But see, Venus has to do not only with love, what we love, who we love, how we love. What our values, what we value, and our principles? We're all getting a chance to re look at, revisit. I think it's in May, because I was looking at some dates for someone.
0: I think it's. It's going to be no, September. Yeah, one is September to November, and one is like May, I think May, May June, J- the, July. July, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, May, and yeah, because I was looking at dates. And then mid or end of May. And then
0: July. And then July is another uh, Mercury retrograde, July fourth. Okay. <laughs> around that time. Well, here's the deal. Yeah, and Mars gets us to look at where do we where are we actually putting our
1: energy and then it's serving us in a higher. Are we on the little hamster wheel? But I dive in this blog post on soulplayground.life, Life on the Virgo full moon, I dive into the metaphysics of what's happening, this whole redirection of energy, what's going on. This, what's going on in February and March, mid-March to the equinox is, is the template of what we can all experience what's going to be happening the rest of the year. So I think it's imperative people look at that and see how that is affecting you. Now, What I'm getting with you, Stacey, um, and thank you for that astro info. I love it. Um, You're ready for a powerhouse. You're a powerhouse, and you're ready for your match. You haven't gotten your match yet, your powerhouse. And that has to do with an alignment, which is interesting because we're talking about Venus and Mars, your values, principles, and beliefs, and someone that can I want to say keep up with you, and I don't feel it's like you're running around. I feel like it's your your consciousness, your ideas, your expansion. I do feel a relationship, and I also feel there's going to be a move around it and a huge lifestyle change. Let me see if I can get the timing. When is this person? Relationship this year. I do feel it's this year. Okay. And it, yeah, and it's something around – networking, could be social media, there's something about communication around it, or it could be believe it or not, someone near where you live like in your little circle somehow, your neighborhood or something
0: so I may make a friend there that, you know
1: that leads elsewhere, I kind of keep getting I'm getting two months, I'm getting something in June Mm -hmm. um Gemini to, to Cancerian time. And then I'm also, I kept hearing August, August. So I don't oh, know, you before. know, is August, we, what is
0: it? Yeah, August it? When, August actually would be a good time. You know why? Because there's no retrogrades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, then the other, yeah. the, okay, well, then the other what I was hearing could be
1: either someone that is a friend that just stays a friend or it could be someone from the past or remind you from someone of the past so that makes sense so i feel like you get a almost there's something connecting and then uh i getting I'm, i kept hearing more august august but i definitely feel that there is someone um yeah you're wanting to live differently too and have this partnership. So I do feel you are going to have that.
0: Definitely. Oh yeah. I've, I've been like between me and you, Michelle, I've been like a hermit, <laughs> you know, just, um, working the seasonal yeah. job and, you know, hoping to get something that, you know, more money. So, like I said, it's kind of, um, you know, I haven't been getting out that much because I'm not making that much. And I was promised
1: more money. But you will. Yeah, you you will. And my sense is it's more in June, that Gemini time perhaps, um, the beginning of cancer, um, where you're out more, you know, it's, like I said, somehow maybe around your neighborhood or you're connecting with someone. Could be small groups. Could be online, but I do feel an in-person presence also.
0: Yeah, because I, you know, I'm not really into in- online dating. I know it works for some people, but. Well,
1: no, be, I don't say online dating. I feel like a group. It's like a networking or a meetup or it could be social media oh, somehow. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know yeah, what, I don't feel, I, I don't feel, I, I, I I feel like more kind of friend, collegial. Listen, I got to scoot because we have, I want to get one more caller in and we have our guest that's going to be calling in. Um which we're going to be talking about time to evolve and a lot of good stuff. So we'll hang yeah, on. So, uh,
0: uh, thank you. And you know, with the retrogrades, you know, with a uh, Mars, it's like, sometimes you may feel the urge in Mars. Generally people want to get a tattoo during Mars retrograde. It's known for that. And it's known for not ah. starting any kind of relationships or yeah. you know, it's weird. I just wanted to tell you. Speaking of a retrograde, I know a guy and a gal who met, started dating on a retrograde, and they're still together and got engaged. But yet, whenever well, I it start something happen. on a retrograde, it's just it depends. Depends.
1: That's what I'm saying. Things are even bigger than astrology, <laughs> you know. There's, you know, so yeah. Sometimes things are things are 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 bigger. Um, anyway, thanks for calling in. And we'll
2: talk to you
1: again. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Awakening. You're
2: on air. Hi. My name is Kathy, and my massage therapist Kathy? suggested that I should give you a call. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you yes. hear me? Okay. Yes. Kathy, um, hi. Who, call, who um, suggested? Um, my massage therapist, Mary, um, she suggested oh, I give cool. you a call. Um, oh, because wonderful. she gave you a call one time, and you helped her out with a with a. Basically, this is my, what might happen. Um, okay. So, in a nutshell, I have been single for 15 years, and I'm curious if I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life.
3: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: Okay, well, there's definitely a bit of a timing issue, and I would say, no, you're not going to be single the rest of your life. I feel like there's a group of people on the path, a group of souls, that have kind of been taken out of that game for a bit. And I do feel like I've crawled before. Um, Stacy, I'm getting a similar energy with you. There's something, what does it mean? Let's see, See, here's the deal. When we attract, yeah, that's why I keep getting it, something from the past, and it has to do with your creativity or self expression. You got to remember this is a soul game on the planet. So sometimes there's something that we need to do. It's not only, mm-hmm. it can be a belief that we need to update or change or get rid of, you know, upgrade something. But a lot of times it's something that we need to stretch out and do in our life or start or, you know, activate or actualize because we manifest or draw in by frequency. And so sometimes our next level requires to, to be around different people. We may need to reach out. We might need to be in a new environment. We might need to maybe we've always wanted to be an artist. Maybe it's starting to post your art online. Or maybe you're a poet mm-hmm. and it's about self-publishing a book or, you know, publishing on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, you know, read, or, just, or article writing. I feel with you there's something like that that you need to do that shifts, that shifts okay. your energy where you're in a much, um, I hear a, hold on a second, joyful, but it's, okay, here's what they're telling me, reveling in your own Spirit. So sometimes, especially if we've gone through trauma, you know, or we've been in relationships that what I call wound mates, you know, they're based on trauma bonding, we've really been through it. We kind of mm-hmm. higher self pulls us out. And then all of a sudden, we start doing something. Maybe it's a hobby, maybe we're at the museum sketching, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. somebody starts chatting with us. And next thing you know, it's a friend. And then next thing you know, the friend invites us to a a party, a cocktail party, barbecue, I don't know, picnic, but invites us somewhere. And we go Mm -hmm. and boom, we meet somebody. That's what I feel with you. So, and there's many of you that are hearing this. And if you've been saying, Oh, I need to do that. I really want to write that book. I really want to speak or, or, you know, I really want to go in schools and teach meditation or I really want to put my book out, you know, ebook, whatever, just do it. That's going to help shift your vibrational frequency to moving you in the resonance. And also Angie in the chat said, yes, it's like being in resonance with your soul tribe. Find more of the people you resonate with that get you, that are less in the negative, more of the higher vibrational frequency. Yeah, we all got to look at the negative. I always say you got to convince. There's some fear. There's some uncertainty. But you don't want to be with people right now that are marinating and living in that view. You know, pop out of that. But once you do that, I feel it's not very long till you draw the person in. And I feel that it's going to be a little bit of a shock or surprise. Like, oh, I can't believe I met somebody.
2: <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, sweetie, keep sure. us posted, okay?
2: I will. Thank you very much keep for your help. You're right, so bye. welcome. <laughs> oh, bye-bye.
1: what bye-bye. lovelies, lovelies. Bye, bye, bye. Take care. Take care. Okay, uh, we are ready for our awakening guest. Let me just get these off. It's that time, that time in the program where we get to get a little more fed. Okay, so we've got with us here James Papura. Um He is the author of Perception. Ooh, I like this. Seeing is not believing. It's time to evolved. Uh, So we're going to be diving into that book as well. Um, We're going to also talk about James and his partner when they first met. Both their lives were at rock bottom financially, emotionally, and spiritually. This is the story of how they dedicated themselves to transform their inner and outer experience of life, creating a fortune in the meantime what an inspirational journey. And I do feel like this is like so apt so apropos for right now where so many people are. There is that there is that hope when you do hit whatever that rock bottom is for you, and maybe in life right now, there's a lot of rock bottoms. All right, let's welcome to the program, James. Welcome to the program.
4: Thank you. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, James. And I'm doing even better. With the, with the with your sharing that you're coming on to share with um the listeners and me, I'm so happy to have you on the program at this time.
4: And I am so happy to be here. So I, I'm excited. Let's 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 dive in. Let's, let's do it. Let's get yes, deep. Yes. Are yes. You... Okay.
1: So I love right.
4: that. You... Go ahead.
1: We... No, go ahead. Okay, I love that you were saying, and I love because the rock bottom. You know, I know rock bottom. It's It's hard to get, you know, there's steps. You got to put the locks back up to get out. Um, And you say financially, emotionally, and spiritually. I feel like this conversation is so apropos to everything that's going on, not just nationally but internationally and where people are at right now. I would love for you to share a bit of your story and how you got out. How did you transform? And any suggestions that you have? For people right now that are either at the rock bottom or sliding sliding to the rock bottom,
4: you know I guess where I would start is to say, no matter where somebody is at, everything about their life makes perfect sense, given the context you know basically that you know if I were to live their life or you were to live their life, that we would be in the same positions, given you know equal intelligence and equal environment and so You know, I think a lot of people spend their time beating themselves up for all the mistakes that they've made and, you know, all the missteps and somehow there's something wrong with them. And I I guess the very first message I would tell people is, let's just start off by getting that on the table. There's nothing wrong with you, right? And I want to go into my personal story a little bit just so people understand where that comes in and we can come back to that narrative, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, when I was in kindergarten, I I was in a really abusive situation. My teacher, you know, the first day I was going to go to the special ed class, called me up in front of the room. I had learning disabilities. And she said, look, only retarded and stupid kids go to special ed. And, you know, that's where my story started, right? This idea of separation and rejection. And then she made all the other students call me stupid on the way out the door. And you know, there's a lot that goes into this with my mom and her depression and everything else. Not running down to defend me, but the basic bottom line is that happened to me every day for a year, and so it was just this horrific experience for me. And you know, eventually, you know, you know, when I did talk to my mom about it, she basically said, and this is like the worst thing she could have said to me is, "Hey, listen, you know, the world's a terrible place. People are awful." You're just going to have to learn to deal with it. And so she mm. literally handed me a massive victim mentality right out of the gate.
3: And yeah, lens.
4: Wow. Right. I, I'm powerless. Right. And so, yeah. you know, completely powerless and she's not, you know, helping me. So, you know, that's where my life started, my journey or my separation started. and, my beginning of pain and trauma and the ego and all those things started in that moment. And I fought off of, I fought from that standpoint for a very long time and it took some 30 odd years for me to just give up the fight. And I ended up on drugs. And then I ended up homeless. And then, you know, eventually I ended up in jail and that was the beginning of the end of that version of me was this idea that, you know, I had to start questioning who I was because at that point I knew that I was either going to end up in prison for the rest of my life, or I was in fact going to be dead if I didn't figure it out.
1: Wow. Wow. How did you come to that? How did you, did you start doing a lot of thinking, like looking around, looking around, observing
3: Well,
4: you know, shortly after getting out of jail, into jail, and I ended up in the solitary confinement unit because I had escaped some police officers custody one time. And so I'm in jail, I'm in solitary confinement and I get this letter shortly after getting there and it's a letter from my dad. And my dad says, he said, you know, I don't know how long you're going to be there, but you know, as an adult, you don't get a lot of time to work on yourself. Don't let that time go to waste. And I actually Mm -hmm. took that letter to heart because Before I got that letter, I was pretty depressed in there. And so the first thought Mm -hmm. I had was I got to get some information. And so I started like ordering books, every book I could get on spirituality, on personal development, on self-help, psychology, whatever. And so I started reading, 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 reading. And, And so as a part of my healing process in there, I used to write these lists of people who I felt like had harmed me. And one day I was so that I could offer those people forgiveness. But one day I was looking down at this list, and then I had this epiphany. I said, you know, the only common denominator between all those experiences is, in fact, me, right? And so the question came in my mind is, what if I am somehow the cause of all these experiences? You know, what if I created these? And this was kind of a weird thing for me because I'd never really considered that I was the creator of my experiences before this moment. And so I thought about that for a minute and I thought, well, I couldn't have created some of them. I either created all of them or I created none of them. And so as I pondered what those two thoughts or feelings meant, what I got to was this. If I wasn't the creator of my experiences, it meant the world really was a terrible place because I'd lived a bad life and I probably didn't want to play anymore. But if I was, it meant that I had to take responsibility for everything that ever happened to me. But it also meant if I could figure out the elements that created my experience, then I could create something new and different in this place. And so it was on that day, unbeknownst to me, that I took my power back. I took responsibility for everything that had ever happened to me. Even if I didn't really know what that meant, I just decided it's all me. And so Mm -hmm. I was on a mission from that point to figure out what are the creative elements of my life? And so the next question I asked myself was this, what creates my experience? What created my terrible life? And I thought, does my abuse that I incurred as a child define me? And then I, you know, the next thought I had was, well, if it does, then I'm stuck forever because I can't go back and change the abuse. And so I thought, well, did everybody who's ever had abuse in their life allow it to destroy them? And the answer to that question was no. No. And so it couldn't have been that. And so what was it? Mm -hmm. And here's what I came to. It had to have been the things that I believed about myself having lived through that abuse. And because, you know, my Mm -hmm. teacher told me I believed that I was stupid. I believed that I was not good enough. I believed that, you know, I didn't match up to everybody else and ugly and everything else because I was bullied really badly. And so I was like, it was the beliefs. It was the beliefs that carried my experience. And I chose those beliefs. But here's what happens when I tell this story. It's so funny because people will often go, no, don't do that to yourself. You know, you were only five years old. Don't blame yourself. Oh. I'm like, whoa, stop taking my power away. And they're like, what do you yeah. mean? I'm like, it was my choice. Right? And this is where we're going to get back to this idea that there's nothing wrong with you. Right? Right? Even though when I was five years old, I made probably the best decision I could with the information that was available to me, it was still my choice. And that choice to believe something less about myself than was true is what created my terrible life. And so for me, forgiveness. Oh, my God, James! Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Let's hold there. That is so powerful. Oh, my God. Yes, that's true. You've because
4: somebody else may have not have chosen that even at five. Nobody chooses for you. Nobody. You have the power to choose what you believe, even if you're not conscious of it at the time. And that's what creates your life. And that's why our book is about perception and emotions, because. You know, people like to think that we don't have insights into the creative elements of life when, in fact, we do. There's two principles that dictate everything that you are, everything that you experience, and everything that you feel. And those principles are perception and emotions. And if you don't (laughs) fully understand them, you're just saying that you don't understand life. And so when I came to understand this, like, and if you begin to understand this, you'll want to become an expert in those two things. And so we have a book and a movie of the same title, Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. And the movie is called Perception, Seeing is Not Believing. And they will walk you through this journey of understanding your perception and emotions so that you can shift and change your perception and understand your emotions to create the life that you desire. Mm
1: -hmm. So what about the perception, right? You know, it boils down to that. What are we perceiving? You know, how are we, and the lens, is our lens, you know, crusty? Is it dirty? Is it overlaid? Um,
4: well, yeah, so let's let's kind of, let's we'll come back and we'll go forward to that. You know, I said earlier okay. that there's nothing wrong with people, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I think we all beat ourselves up for all the decisions we botched and everything else. And here's what I'd like to everybody that's listening to some of my voice to know right now is that you've never made a bad decision. And people go, well, James, I've made a lot of bad decisions, right? And I'm like, well, actually, that's not true. Not only have you never made a bad decision, you're not capable of making a bad decision unless you're mentally ill. And that often confuses people, but, you know, what's the difference? The difference is that you've only ever made decisions with bad information, right? And it's like, well, is that phonetics? No, it's not phonetics. Because, here's the thing, we all make decisions the same way. We're built this way. It's in our DNA. We look at all of the available information and we make the best decision we can with the information that's available to us. And so if your life is not what you want it to be, it's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because you made the best decision you could with the information that's available to you. And so life comes down to the quality of the information. And so, what is the source of our personal information? And that's where perception and emotions come in. And so, the reason this is so important to understand, and I want your listeners to get this, is because there is nothing wrong with you. Stop beating yourself up. It's not a you problem. It's an information problem. So you're putting the problem, trying to solve the problem where it's not is with fixing yourself. But there's no point in fixing yourself yeah. because you're not doing anything wrong. You just don't have the right information. It's no secret. Good information leads to good, you know, leads to good decisions, leads to good outcomes. Bad information leads to bad decisions, bad outcomes. And so you Mm -hmm. were never the problem. It was only ever about the information. And you need to upgrade your source of information. And that source of information is, in fact, you have one single source of information, and that's your perception. So change your Mm. perception change your life. Mm-hmm.
1: So how is that imperception the source of our information?
4: So I'll, I'll ask you a question. I'm going, to t- I'm going to give you a really quick narrative. So I think most people believe that they see reality. And even if they, don't, they know that they don't, they actually really believe it because it feels real. Right? And so My the idea that we thanks. don't see reality seems very vague. And so I'm going to prove to you that we don't see reality, and that you already understand that how perception works. You just don't apply it to your life. Uh, let me ask you a question. Can you have the thing that you mm-hmm. want most in the world sitting right in front of your face and just not see it? Could I? Yes. Okay. And so I like to tell a story to illustrate this because there's a lot of people going, no, I would recognize the thing I want the most. And so, oh no, because I've had a few. Want...
1: I've had a little. I've lived. A, I've been around the block a couple times, James. and I've had. Exa- I've. I've. We, re- gone back and realized, you know, whether it's hours, months, years, gosh, what I really wanted is, is already here, or was here. Right. You know?
3: Yeah. Um, but what's the so that? What do you don't... think? Yeah, yeah I'm going to um... really quick. Okay. Let me tell okay. you a simple
4: story. All right, okay. I want you to imagine a man. This man wants more than anything to find love. He wants to be in a relationship. Unfortunately, this guy has really, really low self-esteem, a poor self-image of himself. One day, okay. this man walks into a store. He walks up to the counter. The girl behind the counter starts flirting with, you, with him. My question for you is, does he recognize the girl is flirting with him? Ah) <sighs>
1: I know, it's probably not. A lot of times, not, or they shut down. Because,
4: right, and yeah. that was—you're exactly right. Everybody answers the same way. Probably not. And if you're a listener to this, t- this show, and you listen, you said probably not. You already fundamentally understand the way that perception works. But the question is, is that this guy has the thing that he wants most in the world sitting right in front of his face, and he just doesn't see it? What if that's happening to you? And based on the laws of perception, it's happening to you every day. And here's why. What does he see? And so, you know, it's like, why doesn't he see it? Well, because I said he had low self-esteem. So his image, poor self-image, is a belief on the inside. That's being projected on the outside. Why would that impact what he sees, right? And the reason our book and our movie are titled, Perception, Seeing is Not Believing, because actually the opposite is true. Believing is seeing, this guy does not see the girl flirting with him because he doesn't believe it's possible, period. He can't see it because he doesn't believe it. Let me ask you another question. Would you go to the end of a rainbow and look for a pot of gold?
0: Yeah. Probably not,
4: Why right? not? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, it's an adventure, <laughs> but, but you, didn't, you wouldn't really I do it I'll... there, right?
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: But so the point is, is that this... You know, why doesn't he see it? And this, it's really actually just a matter of capacity. Your mind takes in of information. Oh, no, Jane, let me interrupt you for
1: a second. Can I ask you something? So, in one way, are we getting what not only what we're seeing, but what we're looking for? In other words, if I don't see it or I don't have an expectation of it, am I not seeing it?
4: Well, no, actually, it's more once you set your intention, opportunities start okay. showing up. You can't see them yeah. unless you believe it's possible. And here's why. Right. because okay. your mind gathers millions of bits of information a second, your subconscious mind does, and delivers to your conscious mind the most interesting bits based on your current set of beliefs. The reason the guy doesn't see the girl flirting with him is because his mind isn't looking for it because he doesn't believe it's possible. Your mind doesn't spend time meaning. looking yeah. for things that they don't believe right. is possible, and so here's here's how that kind of rolls down. It's like you know we talk about the law of attraction a lot, right? And here's where they got it wrong in the law of attraction. The reason we look at a vision board is not to draw to have some magical force draw into us the things that we want. It's to foster belief. So we'll see the things that's already there, right? And that's the key. You can only yeah. see what you believe to be possible. The more you believe it, the more likely you are to see it. The less you believe it, the less likely you are to see it. I heard you giving a lot of relationship advice when I was waiting on hold. And here's what I would tell people. How many people do we know that worked with their spouse for years before they realized they both had a crush on each other? Yes, yeah. And... And it's like, it's right there, right? It's always right there. And it's like, oh my God, I missed it. And that's what we're doing because you don't believe it's possible. You're missing it. And Mm -hmm. so the first key to manifesting anything you want is fostering a belief about that thing, that you deserve it, that you're capable of getting it. And fostering it to the point where you're basically holding Mm in your hands And then you'll see the opportunities to move in that direction that are already there.
1: Hello, James?
4: I'm here. I think we lost you. No, I'm here. Hello? Hello? I'm here. I'm here. Hello? Hello,
1: James. Did we lose you? Hello. I think we lost James. That's interesting. At one eleven. Okay, James, call back in. There we are. James.
4: I'm back. Yeah, I'm here.
1: Yeah. We, okay. We lost you. Oh, yeah.
4: there? I okay. can okay. hear so you. To
1: Why did you about to give us a good little tidbit here? <laughs> oh, okay. People could still hear us. Okay. All right, Dee in the chat. Thank you for that. Um, I'm not sure what happened, little glitch. Um, Okay, James, so go ahead, if you can recap that. And so
4: that's the key. The key is that you have to be able to foster belief around the things that you want so you'll see the opportunities that are already there. And that is what the law of attraction was meant to be, is that we live in a universe of infinite possibilities. Those possibilities are swirling around us constantly, but we can only see what we believe to be possible, I'll give you a very simple example. I want you to imagine, I want you to think about the car that you're driving. Whether you chose that car before you went to the lot or you bought it when you went and you decided what car, as soon as you brought that car home and you started driving it around your hometown, that car is everywhere. Right? And so the question is, was it always there? And the answer is, of course it was. You just didn't see it. Because your mind wasn't looking out for it, and that's the way the mind right. works. It's your mind is like calculating and delivering interesting information to you. Because people think they see everything, but they don't, and that's yeah. the key to perception. What you that's feel, what and believe on the inside, That's what
1: I'm. Yeah, what we believe we yeah. can have, or us yeah. there, or what we're looking for. If, if we, if we're like the car, you want a certain car. You see it everywhere because you're, you know, you're looking for it. Now you're open to seeing it, um,
4: right? Especially if you're if looking like for love and you don't think it's possible, you're never going to see it.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, James, something you talk about, which you know, I think a lot of people get stumped on this: the idea of resistance versus flow. You touch upon that because yes. people. I mean, change resistance is always in there in change. I think it's part of the human psyche, the you know, the part of the brain that wants to keep the status quo, and part of the mind and brain. Um, but too much resistance can keep us stuck. So, can you speak to that a
4: bit? Sure. Here's what you have to understand: that the main, main, the main focus of your mind is always to restore certainty, right? And so whenever you move into uncertainty, which is, you know, this idea of resistance, like you move into uncertainty, your mind wants to restore yourself to a certain state because in evolution, being uncertain meant you dying and being certain meant living. And so whenever you're feeling like you're outside of your comfort zone, your mind wants to restore certainty. Now there's two ways that your mind can do that. The first way is you can solve the problem, right? Right or try to understand Mm -hmm. what it is that you don't understand in order to restore certainty, or you can lie to yourself. And that's why we have this idea of cognitive dissonance, all these beliefs and ideas that contradict themselves inside of us, because, you know, we get uncomfortable and we just start lying to ourselves to make ourselves feel comfortable again. And so when we talk about certainty and uncertainty and resistance, what is resistance? So I was having a meditation the other day and I, I had this thought, right? And the thought was, and I've never shared this with anybody on the radio anyway, like, was what if there's more I'm missing here, right? What if there's more? And I started thinking about what that would mean. And what I came to was what if the only way there could be more is if it stood outside of my expectations of what is, right? And so I thought, could I move outside of my expectations, right? Right. And so when you, and what I realized in that moment is that's what Eckhart Tolle was talking about. He's just saying, be here now. And it's like, what do you mean? What do you, I'm here. And it's like, no, it's stop trying to force reality into what you expect it to be and allow it to be what it is. And so here's where we find resistance is we find resistance in the massive amount of expectations that we have. And so it's like when we move into a situation or an interaction or anything else, and it's something different than we think it should be, right? Based on our current set of expectations, that's where the resistance comes up. And it's like, yeah. well, what do I do now? I'm scared. And so the yeah. choice really is, is cancel, right? Your expectation, so that you can deal with what is rather than what you want it to be. And in that canceling of the expectation, you release the resistance to what is, but that's not what we do. Most oftentimes we try to force what is into what we think it can be. And that's what causes the massive delay in creation. It's like, I want, you know, it's like I've got this goal and I'm moving towards it and I have an idea of what it's going to look like to get there. But when it doesn't look like that, I think I'm failing. So I try to start Mm -hmm. forcing it in to look like that. And that's where the resistance comes in because I'm trying to force reality into what I think it should be rather than releasing my expectations of that and dealing with what is. When you can learn to Mm -hmm. release your expectations and deal with what is, you can get to where you want to go faster within flow.
1: And that's being in the meditative state. That's meditation, acceptance of what is. Plus you put a little well, pranayama breath so,
4: control. Right. Now, that's actually, you hit on something that's really, really important. And it's actually physiology, right?
3: Because there is a
4: physiology of resistance, and it is the fight or flight state. Yeah. And so there's a really interesting statistic, which is like 70 or 80% of the most successful people in the world do one thing every day. And what is that one thing that they do is they meditate. And it's like, well, then why don't we all meditate? Because it's freaking Mm -hmm. hard, right? But here's Mm -hmm. what most people fail to understand about the most successful people. Even they don't understand why it works for them. And here's why. What is meditation at its core? It's it's being in the breath. Deep heart, best breathing, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to go back into our evolution to understand why meditation has a, such a profound impact on us. You know, back in you know, the times when we were in tribes and we were, and we were constantly, you know, running for our lives. When you are in a fight or flight state, you actually lose connection with your brain. It's not the first source of information because you're reacting. And so there is, a, so what happens is, is something has to single signal your brain to take back over. And it's actually your heart. Your heart sends more signals to your brain than your brain sends to your heart. Well, what is the signal? Imagine you're running from a predator and you stop. The first thing you have to do is catch your breath, deep heart brace breathing. And so deep heart brace breathing switches you out of a physiology of fear into a state of creativity and homeostasis, and so here's what most people fail to understand about meditation, because the current versions of meditation is all about the mind. Meditation, yeah. the benefits from meditation don't come from the mind. It's later, they come from yeah, they come from getting out of the physiology of fear, and so the if your meditation practice through the breath. Through the breath. So if your meditation practice is about clearing your mind, you're wasting your time, focus on your breath. It doesn't matter what your mind's doing. And once you get out of fight or flight, your mind will shut off, or you'll move to a higher state of consciousness.
1: <laughs> I love this. James, <laughs> I love this. I just talked about this at the beginning of the program from my book, Meditation for Everyday Living, It's the second edition, uh, but all about the breath. And this is why, like, when I do speaking and stuff with like execs or people that have never meditated, they're like, oh my God, I'm meditating. How did that happen? I just went into this zone. <laughs> it's all because I just used the breath, the breath work. And the physiology happens, and, you're, and then the mind follows. Ah, I love that. I yeah, I mean, breath is not the only
4: thing. Yeah, breath is not the only thing to shift your physiology. True gratitude will do it. Walking in nature yes. will do it. Petting an animal will do it. But the breath is the one that we always have access to. And so what I would tell people is, what is trauma, right? And this is a big understanding is that trauma is when the perception or memory of fear is tied to a physiology of fear. And so when a memory, when your perception is using your past to dictate the future, whenever it pulls a past event that has a physiology of fear attached to it, All of a sudden, you're mad, you're angry, you're anxious, right? And so what do we do? We start trying to run around and solve problems on the outside when the first step is to go into the breath, right? Because when Einstein said that you cannot solve a problem at the level of consciousness it was created at, this is what he meant. Problems are created in fight or flight or put you into fight or flight. And so whenever a memory or a perception of fear is tied to a physiology of fear, you don't actually have free will in that moment because the only thing you can do now do is react. So what the breath does in that moment is it creates space between the idea and the physiology. And once you create that (laughs) space and you walk down the physiology while standing in your fear, you separate those two things. Then you can process the belief or feel, uh, the belief or perception associated with it. But you cannot process mm-hmm. the problem that's causing your anxiety when you're in the anxiety. So the you anxiety, have to be able to energy. use your breath to walk down the phys- yeah. physiology. Wow, great point. Now, does this
1: have to do any, it sounds like, first of all, you're using meditation a lot, which is great, and I love what you're saying. It makes such common sense, but you can't solve it while you're in the anxiety. You've got to get out of the anxiety. You know, that's either promoting yes. or creating the problem. What is the emotional integration technique that you talk
2: about?
4: I want to so, touch on that. So the emotional integration technique is a technique to go in and find the unprocessed emotions in your system, and they give you an opportunity to process those. And so mm-hmm. I can give you a quick example if you want. Sure, you sure. Want to try some? We'll try an experiment. Do you know something that makes you mad? Uh,
1: yes. Yes, yes,
4: yes. Okay. So close your eyes and bring that anger up and then let me know when you have it up. Okay. So tell me where in your body that anger is showing up.
2: Oh,
1: okay. I'm go, It's going from the solar plexus almost to the heart. Yep. But it's kind of, yeah. Perfect. Leading up
4: there. Okay. So now here's, here's the key. I want you to feel into the pain in your solar plexus, that pain that you're feeling in your midsection there. And there's actually an early childhood memory attached to that pain. And it will just pop into your mind. This is a feeling thing, not a thinking thing. Let me know when you have it.
1: Got it.
4: First. Okay. So here's my first question. My first question is what were you mad about initially? What was the thing that brought up the pain?
1: Combination of, like, like, not seeing my worth or taking advantage of, not seeing something that I was doing, not acknowledging it. And definitely had okay, that Okay, great. Up.
4: All right. And so let me ask you another question. Well, was the childhood memory, is it something you feel comfortable with sharing on the air?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just my mom. It was just a general, because there's so many little examples of me being there for others, like my mom, my dad, my family, you know, my siblings. And specifically my mom and then them not being there. Yeah. Recognizing my gifts. So it was
3: right. but so not your returning mom not being there for you. Or, or not
1: returning it. Right. yeah, not right. as much. Not as much as I was there. You know, I had the gifts, I was this, I was that. But then when I needed something, it was like you know, a little subpar, you know. Right. <laughs> not kind of
4: No, no. So that's better. so I've right? ran that experiment on hundreds of people and it always goes back to the first to the same spot. It always goes back to the first time that you felt a sense of rejection. Maybe that you weren't good enough. Maybe that um, you were powerless, right? And it's always in the childhood. And essentially what you need to understand is this was the introduction to fear that you felt. So it didn't actually matter what you were mad about. You could have said, well, my neighbor's dog poops in my yard. And it still would have went back to the same spot, right? Because from the time that fear is introduced in our lives, that fear impacts everything that happens to us afterwards. And so, you know, I know this is kind of a spiritual show. When we think about the idea of separation, right, separation, <laughs> that's when it happened. Is that's when the ego took over because here's what happens. And this is what's mm-hmm. important to understand is that, you know, what is our greatest fear? Well, it turns out our greatest fear is death, no surprise. You know, but there are Mm -hmm. three forms of death that we fear. The first one is we fear potential death, which is the fear of uncertainty. You know, when we existed Mm -hmm. in tribes, we we wouldn't go from one valley to the next to take on potential death unless the fear of dying was more from staying rather than going. The second Mm -hmm. form of death that we fear is the fear of instant death. We don't do things that will kill us. No surprise there. But fortunately enough for us, you know, that our ancestors have spent millenniums mapping out what that is so we don't think about that too much anymore but the last form of death and the most scary is ugly death and there is an equivalent to ugly death in our history which is rejection from the tribe when you were rejected from the tribe
3: mm.
4: it literally meant that you were dead and ugly dead because there was no survival on your own matter of you fact in right. Tribes, right, tribes we didn't even have a word for I there was only we because there was no I And so when you got rejected, what it meant? Well, it meant you are dead. And so you wanted to live. And so in order to live, you had to do two things, one of two things. You either had to get accepted back by the tribe or you had to take control of the tribe. Now, I want you to think about this. All of the problems we have in the world come down to this one single problem is that from the second that each one of us is rejected, we feel like we're not good enough. It kicks off a primal program inside of us, and we're seeking now either validation or control. And every war and every, every problem we have as a species is based on that. There's a primal program running inside of us. And that's why it always goes back to the first rejection, right? From that mm-hmm. moment, you are feeling like you need to get accepted or you need to take control. And, but there is a lie that is at the core of all this, and that is this. I can come over to your house and take away all your stuff and I can kick you outside. Are you still going to survive? Of course. You are, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. survival is no longer at stake. And so the lie that's is survival, right. which means the lie is fear because there's not actually mm-hmm. anything that you have to do to survive now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so rejection
3: that's no big, longer equals a, death. Death. Right?
1: James, so, we're running out of we're happens. out of time. And I I'd love to have you back. I want you just briefly, just like in thirty seconds or so, you've got um I believe a powerful women is it a conference? Um, powerful
4: Women's Already over event. but we do women's events. Yeah. So what we okay. have coming up you is your partner. Yes. We have a book, we have a movie, we have an assessment. Come see our website, it's powerful dash we are we are showing our movie for free for the month of March. So any listeners take okay. advantage of this. Go watch the movie for free; it'll change your life. Or you can buy the books okay, on Barnes great. and it, Noble or anywhere.
1: Yeah, the book's great. The book's fantastic. It's a great read, and you share a lot in there, which I, I really love. You give it, you know. Um, I like the, the the chapter crawling, crawling back up.
3: <laughs> That's right. Um,
1: A lot of great information. And, again, the website is powerful-u.com.
4: That's That's right. That's it. Oh,
1: James, thank you so so much. Thank you so much. Powerfulu.com. James Kerkura, thank you.
4: You have a great day. You too, James. Thanks
1: so much for being on Awakening. Much peace. All right, everyone. Wow, what great information and insight. I loved it. I loved it. Um, that's James Papura, and of course, uh, he wrote the book uh, with his partner Steph. And it's perception: seeing is not believing. It's time to evolve. I agree. Uh, anyway, you can find out more information about the powerful women, about um, the the video, the the movie. Um, Also, the book, the book is fantastic, and also the emotional integration technique. I really felt that. I felt a release. Um, Anyway, PowerfulU.com. That's James Papura. And for all things Awakenings, go to AwakeningsPodcast at gmail.com. Join me. Hang out with me on my YouTube channel, Soul Insights with Michelle Mache. Come connect on Instagram and Facebook. um, Twitter as well, but Instagram and Facebook, we can be a little more personal and Chat a bit, connect into the Awakenings um, Soul Tribe page on Facebook as well. Uh, got weekly uh, videos, uh, readings on my YouTube channel, as well as the monthlies are up right now for each astrology sign. I tune into the lens of the astrology sign. Check it out, let me know what you think. And as always, keep shining, sharing your insight, and of course, keep awake.
2: I'm getting woke
1: and staying woke. Awakenings broadcasts every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake.